But first, let's talk atmospheric river. It was two years ago today, British Columbians were assessing the catastrophic damage left by the atmosf- uh, atmospheric river event that brought record-breaking rain uh, to the southwest corner, of course, of BC. Now, 24 months removed from that storm, uh, there, which it just has resulted in major highways being destroyed and, of course, shuttered for weeks. Permanent repairs to the most damaged highways are finally complete. Today, the Minister of Transportation, Rob Fleming, announced that the Coquihalla has been rebuilt and is more resilient to climate-related disasters. Take a listen. Two years ago, the weekend of November 14th to 15th, 2021, our province was rocked by an unprecedented devastation of the atmospheric river. More than 30 sites on the Coquihalla Highway were impacted, including six bridges that collapsed or were heavily damaged. Today, I'm immensely proud to share that all six bridges that were destroyed during the atmospheric river in 2021 have been fully, permanently rebuilt, and all lanes in both directions are completely open to traffic. The new climate-resilient rebuild of the Coquihalla is now officially completed. That was Rob Fleming, the Minister of Transportation. Of course, those repairs and uh, would not have been done without the road builders of British Columbia. Joining me now is Kelly Scott, who is the president of the BC Road Builders and Heavy Construction Association. Kelly, thank you for joining us. My pleasure, Jazz. So walk me through what it's been like the, for the last couple of years for your members. I've driven up to uh, a Kelowna two or three times uh, in that time, and, and uh, there are, of course, stops along the way because of the construction. Walk me through what it's been like for your members over the last couple of years. Well, I guess uh, talking about the nice weather today, certainly we <laughs> go back two years, uh, all hell broke loose. And uh, uh, the devastation that we woke up to uh, two years ago, uh, we'd never seen before. Uh, we, we've handled slides before, but nothing of that magnitude and that many of them. Uh, and we woke up to communities that were isolated. Uh, there was no way of getting to them. I remember seeing photos of the highway number one going out uh, out the valley there and people on boats driving up and down that. Uh, the isolation of communities, uh, the isolation of the, the city of Vancouver. Uh, the port was shut down. Mm-hmm. Railroad was shut down. The pipeline that you and I own was shut down uh and and all the roads were shut down and this this country uh really economically the impact was quite significant uh, so our members woke up to to this and and really the, the i guess understanding that uh this is a, a once in a thousand year event and what are we going to do about it mm-hmm. and, and the province estimates that the total cost of reconstruction around the Coquihalla highway one and highway eight is about a billion dollars one billion dollars uh, and most of the damage was about 30 sites 130 kilometers worth of damage including the six bridges that the uh, uh, the minister was was talking about uh, what does your like, in regards to just building and rebuilding uh, when the minister talks about climate resiliency, what kind of things does that actually mean on the ground for your members and people who are building uh, these roads and bridges? What, what does that actually mean? Well, it's, it's been an interesting process. And government's been talking to us about, about environmental uh, issues showing up. Climate change needs to be in the engineering. And, and they've gone out and looked around the world at other jurisdictions and, and come back with different ideas of how we can build back better. And, and certainly we're seeing that now. 
Uh, we're reminded of the time they built the uh, Sea of the Sky Highway for the uh, Olympics. Uh, I remember as a kid that highway was always washed out some, at some point during uh, the winter. We don't see that now. And the government of the day, the Ministry of Transportation, they recognized the need to, to build climate-resilient roads, and, and, and they can do that. It's either we're rearmoring the, the creek beds, river beds, mm-hmm. uh, repositioning how we come onto the bridges as, as compared to what we did when we originally built the Coke uh, 30-odd years ago. I'm curious, uh, part of the conversation here, of course, in British Columbia and even Ontario is just the lack of labor and the challenge of finding people. Uh, Did your industry have to go through the same in regards to the repairs uh, and overall, how difficult was it to find labor? Uh, Because you need a lot of folks pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, good question. And I must say, it's a proud moment in road builders' history that uh, when the 911 call came out from Ministry of Transportation on November 16th, uh, everybody dropped down their tools, and just the resounding answer to ministry was, uh, what equipment do you need? What people do you need? When do you need it? It wasn't a matter of, of anything else, and and it was all available. In fact, uh, we had a surplus of equipment and operators available to come and work on this project. So it, it was a nice testament to, to road building, the road building industry, but also a testament to a very, very strong working partnership with Ministry of Transportation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they came together, and as it, did, it worked out, uh, they put together the Coquihalla, something that we thought probably be another year before we did were able to open it. And, you know, as it turned out, within 35 days, uh, the reopening of the Coke to at least get traffic moving, to get our economy back off its knees. But probably the, the nice fact, and what we're really proud of, there was a zero lost time accidents during that 35-day period of just repositioning and, and, and getting the Coquihalla reopened. Subsequent to jazz, and also to your labor question, is we're a fairly unique industry in the horizontal construction side. We we have people available, um, and as we go forward, we continue to see more people becoming available. As we see the site C, we see the kicking horse projects, the pipelines all coming to an end. Uh, well trained kids, uh, young adults who can work in our industry are available, and they're available now. So there's not a worry about lack of labor or concern for lack of labor in the years ahead, because that's just generally what I hear from not not just your industry, but other industries, specifically construction uh, and home building and all of that. But you don't think you're going to have that challenge? Our our challenge is we have the workers, uh, and we've trained these workers. We've put them through Site C training courses, how to run equipment, run rock trucks and that. So so our challenge is to keep them in British Columbia, not have them go back east where there's other work available. Mm -hmm. Uh, So when we invest in this this youth, we need to have more work for them. And as you well know, these projects have a finite life. We build them, and two, three years later, it's over. So the contractors are then looking, where else do we go, and and bring our workforce with us, well-trained, safety-conscious kids that have grown up in the industry and know how to operate in British Columbia. Well, Kelly, uh, thank you so much for your time and great work. Six bridges and a lot of roadways, 130 kilometers that were uh, impacted there. And it's great to see uh, that uh, all of this did get built and hopefully it'll be stronger and more resilient uh, in the years ahead as well. Thank you so much, Kelly. You bet, Jess. Thank you.